0: City WLCC Brandon
1: Faith Talk Tampa Download the Faith Talk Tampa app Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey
0: The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries And is pre-recorded
1: Not too long ago, someone visited our church and told one of our elders after he heard a message that I gave that he thought that repentance was only for believers. He said it is not for the unsaved. And so what your pastor is preaching is wrong. Now, that was his attitude. Others believe that to call one to repent is to distort grace. And to do away with faith, they say, well, that is an attack upon faith because the gospel, the Bible says that we are to believe. So how can you add anything to belief?
0: Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We're in the middle of a series of lessons on key Bible doctrine words, and today's word is repentance. That's a word that doesn't get much attention in our modern culture. We talk much more of the intellectual and mental aspects of trusting Christ as Savior, and much less about the act of turning from sin and deciding to walk with Jesus. Although the generic word repent means simply to change your mind, in the way the Bible uses the word, it has a much richer meaning. Listen now as Pastor Steve opens for us the many different facets of this important word, repentance.
1: What is repentance? It's important that we understand. It's the really one message above all other messages that the Lord Jesus Christ preached. While there were a lot of things that he taught... His message to the multitudes primarily was, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. In fact, that's how he began his ministry. Remember, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness, and his message was what? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is about to arrive. It's in our midst. And then when Jesus arrived on the scene, as John introduced him to the nation of Israel and said, This is Messiah, Jesus picked up that same message. And in Matthew chapter 4, he said, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, repentance was the call of Christ as he began his ministry, and it continued throughout his ministry, and I want you to understand that it is supposed to continue even today as we pick up the baton and we continue with that same message. And the reason we know that is in Luke chapter 24 verse 47. Luke is the only one who really gives us the the content of the gospel that we're to preach. Luke is the only gospel writer who who really, um, well, I shouldn't say that because Matthew tells us certainly a lot of things, but uh, Luke zeroes in on the concept of repentance. In Luke chapter 24, verse 47, he said, and, and this is Jesus giving the great commission in Luke's gospel, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. So the heart of our message is repentance for forgiveness of sins. So he instructed his disciples to continue preaching repentance. The same message that he began with just continues now through us as we are to preach repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So the concept of of repentance is extremely important and if we're going to remember the cross of Christ if we are going to remember him then we need to understand what repentance is and what the other issues related to repentance are all about because repentance is to be our response to the cross do you realize that repentance is to be our response to the cross Jesus said in Luke chapter 13 that unless you repent you will perish he said Repentance is the heart of the gospel. Unless you repent, he said, you will perish. Paul told the Athenian philosophers on Mars Hill, he said that God commands men everywhere to repent, Acts chapter 17. And yet in spite of the clear references to repent, it remains for some a confusing concept to grasp. Not too long ago, someone visited our church and told one of our elders after he heard a message that I gave that um, he thought that repentance was only for believers. He said, it is not for the unsaved. And so what your pastor is preaching is wrong. Now, that was his attitude. Others believe that to call one to repent is to distort grace. And to do away with faith, they say, well, that is an attack upon faith because the gospel, the Bible says that we are to believe. So how can you add anything to belief? And so, what we're looking at tonight is a very, very critical issue. It is a controversial issue, and I think we need to just understand some truths about repentance. Let's begin by looking at the first truth, the essence of repentance. By essence, I mean, what is the heart of repentance? When you clear everything away, what is the meaning of repentance? What is the definition? When we say that word repentance, what are we talking about? The Greek word is made up of two words, as are many words in the Greek language. It's a composite word, and it's made up of the word after and the word to understand. So literally it means afterthought or to think after, and that's why we come up with the definition of a change of mind. If you were to just look at the word alone, it means a change of mind. However, repentance is not simply a change of minds. It goes far beyond that. It is not simply an intellectual change of ideas about Christ and sin and self, and that's what some are saying. Some are saying it's just to change your opinion. That is not the way it's used in the Bible. It is not just a change of opinion. Nobody is saved because they simply change their opinion. It goes beyond that, and we know this by the way it is used in the New Testament. You never simply take a meaning of a Greek word by by the etymology of the word or how the word has come down through the centuries. You have to to see how it is used in the New Testament, or if it's a Hebrew word, how it's used in the context of the Old Testament. So you don't just take it and say, well, here's two words, we fit together, and this is what it means. You look at that, but you also look at the context. Now, let me just uh, quote to you some of the leading Greek authorities, and uh, what they have to say on how very clear... The fact that repentance is not simply a new way of looking at things, it's not simply a change of mind, it's not simply a change of opinion. It is that, but it goes further. Vine, who many of you are familiar with, Vine wrote a very, very helpful book called uh, new, uh, "Dictionary of New Testament Words." It's for the uh, uh, English-speaking person who doesn't know the Greek language. You can look this, look up the word in Greek, uh, in English rather, and it would uh, it would explain the Greek word. And And here's what Vine says, amongst other things, about this word repentance. If you have a Vine dictionary of New Testament words, you can look this up. In my volume, it's page 963. I'm not sure what edition you have. But here's what he said. In the New Testament, the subject chiefly has reference to repentance from sin. And this change of mind involves both a turning from sin and a turning to God. Now that's what Vine said. Colin Brown, in his dictionary of New Testament words, which is the uh, most extensive uh, book—it's three-volume, three-volume book—that I have on the Greek language, says this: the predominantly intellectual understanding of this Greek word as a change of mind plays very little part in the New Testament. Rather, the decision by the whole man to turn around distressed. It is clear that we are concerned neither with a purely outward turnaround nor with a merely intellectual change of ideas. So what he is saying is it's not just an outward show and it is not just a change of opinion. It goes beyond that. So what is repentance? What does it mean? It is to recognize one's sinfulness, turn from it, and in doing so you're turning to God. That's basically what it what it means. You recognize your sinfulness and and involved in that is a hatred for your own sin. You turn from it. You want to forsake it. Even if you don't have the power to forsake to forsake it, there is a desire to turn from it. You don't want to continue in it. And as you're turning from it, you're turning to God. It is not far from the concept of conversion. Conversion means literally a turning around and and, and it all is wrapped up in that. It is to repudiate the old way of life and turn to Christ for salvation. It is is not contrary to faith. It is simply the flip side of faith. It goes along with faith. Let me put it this way. True saving faith, which is trusting Jesus Christ for salvation. True saving faith uh, always involves repentance. Always involves repentance. You cannot divorce the two. You cannot say that repentance is in addition to faith. Uh, It is not. It is together. You cannot have saving faith without true, genuine repentance. So it is a determination to abandon the old way of life and surrender to Christ. In fact, there can be no true salvation without repentance. Let me, let me just show you this. Mark chapter 2, verse 17, Jesus said, I am come to call uh, not the righteous but sinners to repentance. Sinners to repentance. What was he talking about? He's talking about salvation. He's talking that he's called to come, people who's born into this world, to call sinners, those who recognize their sin, he's calling them to turn from their sin. He's not just saying, I, I'd like these drunkards and prostitutes to have a change of mind about me and sin and self. He wants that, but he wants them to turn away from their old way of life and turn to him for the forgiveness of sin. Acts chapter 20, verse 21. We'll just look at a number of passages because the Bible is filled with them. Acts chapter 20, verse 21. The Apostle Paul is explaining to the elders of the church at Ephesus about uh, leaving them and he says that in verse 20, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you publicly and from house to house and here was his message, solemnly testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ the point that I want you to see is that Paul is preaching the gospel and part of preaching the gospel is that element of repentance towards God, change your mind about God, change your mind about sin to Turn from that sin because of that change of mind all caught up in it and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ repentance and faith repentance and faith now, there are a few things about repentance that we, we don't want to misunderstand. I don't want anyone to go from here saying, oh, Steve is teaching this. So let me explain where people have a problem with repentance and uh, what it is not. Okay? First of all, it is not a pre-salvation attempt to get one's life together before someone can come to Christ. That's what it is often thought of as as sort of just reform your life, get it in order, and then you can come to Christ. No, that's salvation by works. That's not what the Bible teaches. It is not a pre-salvation reformation. No, it is a recognition that I'm a sinner and a hatred for my sin, a forsaking of it, as I turn to Christ for deliverance. Why would I want to continue in my sin and come to Christ to save me? That, that doesn't make sense. You cannot think, I'm going to continue in my sin and my, and my lifestyle that is a violation of God's holiness, but I want Christ to save me. You would never want Christ to save you if you want you to continue that way. Now that doesn't mean that you're going to repent of everything because uh, I believe if God showed us all of our sin at the moment of our salvation, we'd die of a heart attack. No one could handle it. No, you're just responsible to repent of what you are aware of and he certainly will make us aware of it. That's why, we, that's why the Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit convicting us. You're convicted to the point that you're aware of, of your sin and because God wants you not only to be convicted of it, but to turn from it. So it is not a pre-salvation attempt, you know, like, oh, I'm going to get rid of this in my life and then Christ can accept me. No, that's, that's not true. That's not biblical. But it is right to say, I, I hate my sin. I see it for what it is. It's a violation of God's holiness. I don't want it anymore. Lord, I I don't have the power to have total victory of it, but I, I hate it and I don't want to continue in it. That's repentance. And I want to trust Christ for deliverance. That's repentance. Secondly, it is not the same thing as sorrow. Sorrow. True repentance often is accompanied by sorrow, but it is not the same thing as repentance. Repentance and sorrow are not synonymous terms and concepts. Uh, Let me give you an example that Judas, the Bible says, in Matthew 27, 3, felt remorse. He felt sorrow for what he did. Did Judas repent? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. No, you can feel sorry for your sin. You can feel sorry that you got caught. There are a lot of people who are very, very sorry that they got caught. They don't want to change their way of behavior. They don't want to change their lifestyle. They're just sorry for the consequences. They're sorry that they got caught. If they didn't get caught, they would have continued. If there were no terrible consequences, they would have continued. That is, is not repentance, but that is sorrow. A third concept that we often misunderstand. Repentance isn't the work of the flesh, It is not the work of the flesh, but it is God's gift to us. Because here's the argument sometimes. People will say, well, how can a dead man repent? You know, we're dead in sins and trespasses. How can a dead person ever repent? I would respond to that by saying, how could a dead person ever believe? How could we ever make any move towards Christ? And the answer is because it is not of the flesh. It is God's gift to us. Just as faith is a gift, and don't ask me to explain that, God gives us faith, and he gives us repentance as a gift, and yet we have the responsibility to come to Christ. I I have never reconciled that. I uh, don't even try anymore to reconcile that. It is just what the Bible teaches. He enables us to repent just as he enables us to believe in the Lord Jesus. Let's look at some verses that tell us that. Acts chapter 11, verse 18. Now, you don't want to get carried away with this to the point where you lose your zeal for evangelism. That's not what we're saying. We're we're, we're simply saying that it is the work of God that brings someone to repentance. It's not mustering up something within us. Acts chapter 11, verse 18. Now, some Jewish believers, when they heard this, that, that God was saving the Gentiles, they quieted down and glorified God, saying, Well, then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. What are they saying? God granted it to us. And he's granted it now to the Gentiles. Granted, it is a gift that God gives. No one could repent on their own. Secondly, the examples of repentance. There are some examples in the Bible that we look at and we say, hey, these are illustrations of what repentance is. So if you want to know what what repentance, how it actually works in a person's life, We have a New Testament example and we have an Old Testament example. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 is the New Testament example. So why don't you turn there? 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 obviously is dealing with the Thessalonians, those precious new believers from Thessalonica, and Paul is commending them for their faith, and then he says what they did in terms of responding to Christ when they heard the message. Now, the word repentance is not used in verse 9, but the concept is there, the truth is there, the example is there. 1 Thessalonians 1.9, For they themselves, that is, the people around you, Report about us what kind of a reception we had with you. That is to say, the people around you uh, are are saying uh, how you responded to what we preached and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and a true God. And then verse 10 says to wait for his son from heaven. But verse 9 is a great example of people who repented. There were three elements here. They turned to God. They turned to God for what? Salvation. Salvation. These Gentile former pagans turn to God for salvation. They also turn from their sin of idolatry. You see, they couldn't turn to God and keep idolatry. We hear about that. We hear people who work among the uh, the, the Hindus, and uh, sometimes people will say a Hindu will say, "I just added Jesus to my collection of gods." That's not salvation. No, you turn from the sin of idolatry to the living God. That's what they did. They turned to God, but they also turned from their sin of idolatry, and their intention was to serve God. You see, it was an attitude of surrender, an attitude of submission. They turned to God from idols to uh, serve the living and the true God. They had a change of mind, but it went beyond that. They turned and forsook their sin for Jesus Christ. That's the New Testament example. The book of Jonah is the Old Testament example. Remember, Jonah is called to, to preach to the Ninevites, that wicked city, that wicked people. And what was his message? Repent or else you will be destroyed. Repent or else you'd be destroyed. And they did repent. Apparently, it didn't last past one generation, but there was some type of repentance. Jonah chapter 3, verse 10. When God saw their deeds... That they turned from their wicked way. That's repentance. God saw, and the message was repent. God saw their deeds. He saw that they had turned from their wicked way. Then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. God saw their deeds, and God saw that they turned from their wicked way. That's an illustration, an example of repentance. They turned from their wicked way. They repented. And God promised that he would not bring destruction, and he didn't. So the essence of repentance is to turn from sin. The examples are the Thessalonians and the Ninevites and other Old Testament references. What's the evidence for repentance? That's the third truth that we want to look at. How do we know if a person has repented? Very, very important. As I said this morning, there are some who have been raised in Christian homes, and they prayed a prayer when they were young, and maybe they were baptized and and we we, we want to believe. That they have really trusted Christ, but what does the Bible say? The Bible never says that simply because a child or anyone, for that matter, prays a prayer, we know that they're saved. The Bible says that you have to see fruit. The Bible says that the evidence of repentance, of genuine salvation, is that there has been somewhere along the line a change life. Yes, there may be seasons of carnality. Yes, there can be backsliddenness, but but somewhere along the line there has to be a change of life in order to evidence repentance. And and how do we know this? How do we know if they have really repented, repented because repentance is necessary for salvation? Let's look at Matthew chapter 3. This is so very, very important. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And you realize that Jesus and, and John the Baptist and the apostle Paul and all the apostles were constantly dealing with false professions of faith. I mean, the book of 1 John is all about that. First John never uses the word repentance, but he does say, hey, if you think that you're saved, you've got to look at your life. Because if you don't see some demonstration of godliness in your life, then don't deceive yourself. You're not a believer. James says the same thing. But Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Now, in those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Okay, let's look at verses 7 and 8. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, imagine that, the people who, who later hated him, and in fact hated him now, came for baptism. Notice what he said to them. He said, you brood of vipers. I mean, you you group of snakes is what he's saying. You brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You say, why would John say this to people who, who came for repentance? because they didn't come for repentance. Verse 8, Therefore bring forth fruit in keeping with your repentance. If What he's saying is don't come as a hypocrite and say you've repented because there's no fruit in your life. You're the same old rotten brood of vipers that you always were. If you had really repentance, let, uh, repented, let's see the fruit. There was no fruit. One final verse. Acts chapter 26. The Apostle Paul Giving his defense. Acts chapter 26, verse 19. He's giving his defense before King Agrippa, and he's telling King Agrippa about his testimony, and he says, Consequently, King Agrippa, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision. God gave him a vision of what his ministry was to be, and he said, And and I obeyed, but kept declaring both to those of Damascus first and also at Jerusalem, and then throughout the region of Judea, and even so to the Gentiles. Now here's Paul's message, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate to repentance. You see? Paul said, my message was repent and turn to God. Repentance and faith. Turn from your sin, turn to God, and bring forth fruit that would demonstrate true repentance. The entire Christian life is one continual, repentant act after another. Don't be deceived. People who merely profess faith in Christ and have never had a life-changing experience do not evidence even a desire to be godly. Do not know the Lord. The Bible says that. We're not talking about someone who was walking with Christ for a while and then fell away. We're saying there's never a change then they didn't repent. And you see, we have to be careful because repentance is left out of many gospel presentations. We so want people to come to Christ that sometimes we're willing to let them pray a prayer that might even be a false profession because we're so desirous of their salvation. I've said and, and thought many times that uh, the rich young ruler, if we were witnessing to him today, the typical American would never let him walk away. And would say, wait a minute, you don't understand. No, no, you don't understand. You can keep your money, it's all right and keep your money you don't you don't have to deal with covetousness sure you just pray a prayer and ask the lord into your heart jesus let him walk away because the man wasn't ready to turn from the sin so we have to be careful we want to deal with our sin you and i need to repent when there are things wrong in our lives attitudes towards one another whole concepts of how we handle finances, maybe maybe a bitterness, maybe maliciousness in our hearts, maybe a, a just a, a, a wrong attitude of jealousy towards someone. Uh, maybe there's something you've done that you need to go and ask someone to forgive you. That's, that's all repentance, and that's part of the Christian life. And the Bible says that when we remember the Lord and his death for us, we want to remember it with purity, because he died to give us victory over sin.
0: Yes, that's the whole point that Pastor Steve made in today's lesson. We need to deal with our sin by repenting of it and turning to Christ. Verse by Verse is a radio program with lessons taken from messages given at Lakeside Community Chapel. You can hear today's lesson again or explore the many other subjects on file at our website, versebyverseradio.org. There are literally hundreds of lessons on many different topics available for free download. If God should lead you to support the ministry of verse by verse, click on the support us box to find out how you can help keep this program on the air. If you're in the area and would like to worship at Lakeside Community Chapel and hear more of Pastor Steve Kreloff's preaching, look up service times and other events on our website lakesidechapel.com or call the church office at 727-441-1714 for more information. We hope you can join us next time when Pastor Steve Kreloff continues in this series of studies on key Bible doctrine words. The next word in the series is security, which I'm sure means many different things to many different people. Pastor Steve will unpack for us what the Bible